Flawed Cast, episode number 62, Some Men Trust in Chariots. It is men that we must place our hope. Men? Men are weak. The blood of Numenor is all but spent. Its pride and dignity forgotten. It is because of men the ring survives. I was there, Gandalf. I was there 3,000 years ago. I was there the day the strength of men failed. Lord of the Rings. Flawedcast. Flawedcast. Get in the arena. Me and Willie, it's just the two of us. You forgot John and... I know he didn't forget himself. What up, gentlemen? What up? Hi, John. Who's this crazy character? Norm! Hello, gentlemen. Did we got Norm from Cheers. Cheers. Did you find him on one of your uh, extraterrestrial visits? Well, the mothership led me straight to him. Most excellent. Nice. Ooh, I just I saw that. Fast time at Ridgemont High. Just on the other day. Most excellent. Yeah, that's conjuring thoughts in my head now. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Anyway, so want to welcome everyone to another fun field episode of Flawcast. Want to thank everybody for all their support. We're growing on Parlor, growing on Gab. Public service announcement: uh, We are going to be starting to migrate everything on Rumble. We do have somewhat of a following on YouTube, but I think due to the season that we're in, we're going to start really focusing on putting our video aspect of everything on Rumble. So make sure you subscribe to us. Flawed Inc. Flawcast. Flawcast CLE. We are currently everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, on YouTube. Make sure you. Hit the bell currently everywhere social media will allow us to be facebook twitter instagram we're doing well on parlor doing really well on gab actually so i guess a selfish plug uh, i've been doing a daily vlog which is starting to take off so it's pretty cool you can still find it on youtube but it's also a flawed vlog oh that's good see yes there it is the flawed vlog all right i'm changing the name but uh nonetheless check that out been getting some good responses just trying to do something different get some extra angst out but want to seriously welcome norm he's been threatening to uh, it stopped sitting at the end of the bar and post himself here in the uh, luxurious studio. So good morning. Good morning. My mother always said I had a face for radio. So. <laughs> Just like Jason. Glad you can make it all the way up. Just like all morning. of us. Yeah. How's Cliff? Let the record stand. I do not sit at the end of the bar anymore. <laughs> anymore. Anymore. And, and, and that was years ago. You've lost a freakish amount of weight. As, yeah. I, this is the first As we all have. You drink coffee before, Norm. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Pills are just made to do coffee, so... <laughs> Well, we got some good stuff going here. Oh, yeah. More, more fun than playing pickup six or the butt cheeks. Anyway, hey, so. You know what we should do? Pledge we allegiance. We should take our right hand and place it over our left hearts. While we still can. While we're still allowed. While this is still legal. I, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States, States of America, America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with, with liberty and justice for all. We got a quartet now, folks. Booyah! There you go. Just like the four tops. Four seasons. Four non-blondes. What's going on? Anyway, so, um... What a week. Yeah. The world has turned and left us here. You know, as we were saying the pledge, that last part, and justice for all, I don't know if that's quite true anymore. And oh. justice for whoever the it, crazy it, freaks it, say the justice should be for. That, Jason. I think the world needs to be reminded about something here. A little definition for you all, folks. Intolerant. One, unable or unwilling to endure. 2A, unwilling to grant equal freedom of expression, especially in religious matters. 2B, unwilling to grant or share social 
social, political, or professional rights. Bigoted. Three, exhibiting physiological intolerance. What's been the message that we've heard about the church for the past, I don't know, my entire life? You know, we're all a bunch of intolerant people. My, how the tables have turned. Any thoughts, Norman? Nope. He's speechless, folks. So this week, Johnny has prepared a fun, heartwarming, educational episode. And we did take the week off because, quite frankly, I needed to charge my batteries. And yeah, so I'm excited to hear what John is bringing. The last episode that he took the helm of was actually very, very well received. And I have no doubt that this one will be also. So, Johnny. This kind of, the whole message of this one is obviously, as, as our good buddy Jason has already referenced, it's about, it's from a scripture verse from Psalms 20, verses 1 through 9 but it's about some men trust in chariots. And I feel this is very pertinent for this season that we're in because right now, as the world is literally turning and chaos is ensuing, we do need to have something that we can trust in. And clearly, as we referenced in the Lord of the Rings where Elrond was talking to Gandalf about seeing the strength of men fail, I think we are literally seeing the strength of men failing around us right now. And it's been happening for a long time. But I think even the most reluctant listener that we have or the most reluctant person to get in the arena at this point in time has to come to grips with the fact that right now the strength of men clearly is failing and we need to search for a higher power we need to find something that we can trust in i.e. some men trust in chariots so when you say men a man or a woman okay I just wanted to clear that up alright so we are going to get right into this and we're going to have Sir Jason read Psalms 20 1 through 9 from the Amplified Bible may the Lord answer you David in the day of trouble may the name of the God of Jacob set you securely on high and defend you in battle may he send you help from the sanctuary his dwelling place and support and strengthen you from Zion. May he remember all your meal offerings and accept your burnt offering. Selah. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. We will sing joyously over your victory and in the name of our God we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember and trust in the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stood upright. O Lord, save the king. May the king answer us in the day we call. I think at this point in time, it probably would be very evident where all this is coming from, seeing as I am the token glass half full guy from the uh, flawed fellas. But I think it's important, particularly in times like these, that we do recognize where our hope comes in. And if you've listened to previous podcasts, a lot of times when we sum things up at the end, we have our more God, but I always reference how I know how the end of the book goes. I know where our ultimate victory comes from, which is kind of where this entire Flawcast uh, episode is going. But we're going to dig into that scripture verse a little bit. I'm actually going to have my good buddy, Sir Storman Norman. We're going to have him read the Charles H. Spurgeon's Treasury of David subject. It just kind of describes a little bit about the verses that we just went through. We have before us a national anthem fitted to be sung at the outbreak of war when the monarch was girding on his sword for the fight. If David had not been vexed with wars, we might never have been favored with such psalms as this. There is a need be for the trials of one saint that he may yield consolation to others. A happy people here plead for a beloved sovereign and with loving hearts cry to Jehovah. God save the king. We gather that this song was intended to be sung in public, not only from the matter of the song, but also from its dedication to the chief musician. 
Christian. We know its author to have been Israel's sweet singer from the short title, A Psalm of David. The particular occasion which suggested it, it would be mere folly to conjecture, for Israel was almost always at war in David's day. His sword may have been hacked, but it was never rusted. Kamichi reads the title concerning David, or for David, and it is clear that the king is the subject as well as the composer of the song. It needs but a moment's reflection to perceive that this hymn of prayer is prophetical of our Lord Jesus, and is the cry of the ancient church on behalf of her Lord. As she sees him in vision enduring a great fight of afflictions on her behalf, the militant people of God, with the great captain of salvation at their head, may still and earnest plead that the pleasure of the Lord may prosper in his hand. We shall endeavor to keep to this view of the subject in our brief exposition, but we cannot entirely restrict out remarks to it. Good job, Storm and Norman. His debut on Flogcast, nicely done. Do yeah, way better than that Carl Way guy. better than that Carl Tuckerson fellow. She, I hope he's listening. Oh, he will. He'll never mention He's like the <laughs> silent assassin. Um, but uh, as you're reading that, the feeling that I get, it's an eerie feeling, but there's like some sort of faint calmness behind that, just because I know that the Lord knew what was going to happen in the year 2021, just like he knew what was going to happen in David's time. I don't know. It, there's such an eerie similarity in, in the feel. Some of the words that you were speaking, when it talks about the vision and during a great fight and the afflictions on her behalf, like that's where we're at. As, as a church, I feel that's where we're at. Billy, if you will, why don't you read where it says the division, then we'll go from there. The joy division. First four verses are a prayer for the success of the king. Verse 5, 6, and 7 express unwavering confidence in God and his anointed. Verse 8 declares the defeat of the foe, and verse 9 is the concluding appeal to Jehovah. What we were talking about, uh, the verses 1 through 9, we're clearly talking about David's war cry. David's the great psalmist, and he often wrote psalms that were very relevant to that day, but if you know anything about David's psalms, a lot of his psalms also very much apply to our current lives that we're living now. But it also reminds me about where his origin came from. David, when he's first mentioned, when he's being anointed as the the future king of Israel, obviously he was the youngest son of Jesse, and he was basically deemed irrelevant and unimportant. But his Sounds like me. Yeah. Well, it's like most of us now, if you've asked the media. We're on a list. Checking it twice is what they said. But his origin story talks about his encounter with Goliath, which is another encounter where clearly the strength of men were failing. If you read into that story, it talks about how all the children of Israel were afraid of Goliath and only David stood in opposition. So, Billy, why don't you uh, read some scripts of passages? All right, 1 Samuel 17, 4-11, Amplified. When a champion came out from the camp, the Philistines called Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor, overlapping metal plates, which weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze. He had bronze shin protectors on his legs and bronze javelin hung between his shoulders. The wooden shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam. The blade head of the spear weighed 600 shekels of iron, and a shield bearer walked in front of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the battle lines of Israel, saying to them, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not the Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will become your servants. But I prevail him and kill him. You will all become our servants and serve us. Again, the Philistines said, I defy the battle lines of Israel this day. Give me a man so that we may fight together. Then Saul and all Israel heard these words of Philistines and were dismayed and greatly afraid. Thank you, Sir Willow. Well, yeah, clearly that was the challenge. That was the challenge that Goliath laid out. We're going to get into the response of David, but doesn't that also kind of hearken to what we're going through now, the challenge that lies before us? And again, it just kind of 
kind of drawing and contrasting on those crazy similarities that we have in our current age based upon what we're dealing with right now. The challenge to us is that literally, unless you're an ostrich with your head buried in the sand, you realize that our civil liberties are being oppressed and crushed out. I have to disagree with you. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. People are stupid and ignorant, and they don't care. They don't care that America died. They really don't care. We're now celebrating what's this got trade to this place and, and this other guy isn't playing for the Browns. But do that. That's fine. Enjoy your brief moment of freedom while you still have it. Go ahead. Willie sound off! Warning. Warning. Billy's in a particular kind of way this morning. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I would just say this morning. But. Yeah, yeah, that's his, his new state of being anyway. But we are seriously looking at just a great deception that across the land. Our enemy is looking us in the face and openly mocking us right now at this point in time. If you've been on Twitter, if you've been on social media, if you've been watching the news, when everything was breaking down the other day at the Capitol building, the words that you were hearing was, we're going to round all of them up. All these people who are pursuers of freedom and civil liberty and truth, justice, and what I like to call the American way, which uh, is a Superman tagline, but I also hold it near and dear to my heart. We are all on the verge and precipice of being corralled and basically locked up for standing for freedom at this point. I know we're not getting into this, but I'm getting into it. These are the same people who stood out in front of cities burning saying, these are mostly peaceful protests and people saying, hey man, when you treat people like this, this is the kind of response you get. However, that's only okay if you're over on that side. Well, and that's the shit of it. There, as we've clearly seen, we have Intolerant. selected the most impotent, the most ridiculously cowardice people that we have now allowed to lord over us. And you know what? We are going to deserve everything we are about to get. And I hope to God you will pay attention now. Pretty sure this is one I'm not sharing with Daddy, but uh, he doesn't listen anyway. <laughs> Yeah, what was that quote from Major League? Ah, they're not listening anyway. <laughs> no, I, I get it. And we've had conversations several times lately, William, where you've talked to me about your interactions with people and people are calling you. How did you know? How did you see this coming? And I get it because when you're blind to truth or, or we don't want to know the truth sometimes. Well, we, we just had an episode on that. The normalcy bias. But my hope is that before the arc doors completely close, that we can drag a few people with us and wake some people up who are sleeping. I don't know, how, again, because I don't have, like this episode states, I don't have a lot of confidence in men because they have shown... Now, in fairness, I will say this. There were a whole lot of good men who showed up at the Capitol. Not that the news would ever state that. There were a whole lot of men oh, and man, women and a, sure. a men and a women who showed up and unfortunately, the very marginal few which probably were not part of that group got into the Capitol. L and listen, we had intel on the ground of what was going on. There was over 4 million people that day and here's the thing. 80% of America Americans get their news from the Project Mockingbird, this lying mainstream media that is filling their head that there's this killer disease out there you step outside, that is telling everybody, shut down your church. The pastors are all cowards in this country, most of them, excuse me. We're wearing these face diapers for what? Now these Mark of the Beast, Revelation 13 vaccines are going to come that are going to alter your DNA. They're going to have tracking. They're going to have contact tracing. You're going to have to have a digital passport. Listen. This is what you wanted. This is what we're getting. And I'm glad that now some people are starting to see. You know, Jason talked about multiple episodes. There's a coup. Yeah, there's a coup. The president of the United States can't even talk to people. We've seen in the days that have followed this, which it was a false flag. No doubt about it. But people refuse to believe that such evil could exist because they're too afraid to man up, stone up, and face it. What you just said there about Saul, you got this guy calling him out, and he's such a coward. He's sitting behind this piece behind the back lines and he won't even stone up and man up and say i am the king i'm the leader and he was a well-accomplished warrior yeah well it's kind of like warning warning oh god for the sick jeez 
sound putting a frog in the pot of water and slowly turning up the heat. By the time people wake up, it's going to be too late. There's no getting this back. That's what happened in Washington the other day. There's no getting it back. You know, I, I heard several Republicans say things such as, oh, we got to do it the right way. No, we've tried to do it the right way. We've brought cases to the courts. We've brought actual video and I don't know how many testimonies that are on. I mean, it is facts. We've shown facts that our election process has been completely rigged and they have the audacity to say oh we don't do it this way we have to do it the right way we tried and as john f kennedy said if you prohibit peaceful revolution you make violent revolution an inevitability right we have tried not to get violent and for the most part we're not but we went to i say we and it's all the brothers and, and sisters that are together on this and see what's happening in this country and what's happening to us as american citizens our country right our country Listen, there's no point of ever voting again. I won't, A, I won't vote again, but if I do, it surely won't be for a Republican, okay? Listen to me very carefully. We now have a absolutely corrupt, Luciferian pedophile whose mind is less culpable than a bowl of oatmeal lording over us. We now have the absolute proof and corruption of the Supreme Court. The Chief Justice has been found having evidence of being on Epstein Island. He has come out and said that they didn't want to even hear the Texas case because he was afraid of riots. We now also realize the House and the Senate are completely all on the side of evil. I am so sick of talking to Christians who have their heads so far up their rectum that they don't even know if it's light or dark out. And if you can't see, and I, I'm going to say this, and it's probably going to upset some people, if you can't see that we are now past that threshold, that we have entered into that revelatory time, and I don't believe in a pre-trib rapture, I think that's people false hoping that we're going to escape some sort of judgment or some sort of punishment. I don't believe in that. And all these cute people that think there's lizards people living down in these caves have completely hijacked the movement for liberty. So now we got all this disillusioned people believing that, oh, you know, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And what's going to happen is this. Anytime you see a coup, a insurrection from the most evil, manipulative folk in history, what you realize, and we're starting to see now with the absolute silence on social media and all other platforms of not just Trump, but people even remotely associated with him. We are now hearing calls for impeachment. They want to get the 25th Amendment against him. Why? He has 10 days left. Are you kidding me? Uh, you know, like people like Cruz, Gomer, Scalise, Jim Jordan from Ohio, bless that man. They want to make sure that they're never going to be able to serve again. What you don't realize is that you have beckoned this on you. And why I'm, I'm upset, why I haven't said anything, because I'm sick of hearing you were right. I don't want to be right. If I'm right, if you're listening to me, then why aren't you standing up in civil disobedience and taking off the mask? Why aren't the pastors, like the black robe regiments during the Revolutionary War, leading their sheep and not feeding into this fear? We got people that are supposed to be lions and they're being led and influenced by the sheep. And I'm sick of it, because we don't even realize what's about to happen. And this isn't hyperbole. This is that nightmare Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome scenario that I've been warning about for a year and a half, and it's here. And if you can't see that, then hopefully you'll realize that when you're going into the FEMA re-education camps to get your mandatory vaccine, inoculation, whatever you want to call it, and then you're not some... Uh, I give them... You know, good luck with the apocalypse. That uh, William Soundoff was sponsored by uh, 
Jack and Coke. <laughs> oh, I, no, I, I'm sober as the day is long. Hey, we needed to get that out of you. You were holding that. You're welling that up inside of you I for, don't for quite, too long. I, as they say in Rocky, there's still junk in the basement. You know what I'm saying? I still think there's junk in the basement, Bill. Come on. And you need to get it out. Yeah, you need to get it out. I can say something. Yeah, I, please. You know, I know, Bill, you've expressed a lot of frustration, man. I feel like I'm like the most frustrated person on earth sometimes. Like, you know, <laughs> and, I, then, I read, and then he talks to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I read, you know, I, I read what's going on. I see what's going on. And I'm like, nobody else seeing this. Am I on an island by myself? But you're alone. Island and misfit toys. Is, the point is, I'm not alone and you're not alone. You know, there's almost eight. Oh, we're, we are all going to be in FEMA camps together. Yeah. Fortunately, we live, you know. Yeah. And you know what? One thing I've realized over the last few days, you know, my guy didn't win. But, like, we were reading today, you know. He I, did. Well, exactly. He did. Yeah. He did win, but he didn't win. No, he, you know, he won. We chose to lose. That's the difference. We chose submission rather than freedom. We have chosen to enslave ourselves rather than walk in the heritage of liberty and the providence of God. We have chosen to kneel to the Luciferian Antichrist spirit. That was our decision. And you know what? Good for us. One of the things that, uh, you know, I've realized over the last couple of days is like, you know, if we are close to the end with all this stuff going on, and it's kind of like, so be it. I know where I'm going to spend eternity, you know, and if I got to spend a little time fighting before I go, then then so be it. But I get so frustrated with the deception, the great deception that's out there. You know, people that say that they're Christians, but they have, you know, well, I didn't vote for him because he doesn't talk nice. He doesn't act like a Christian. So your answer is to vote for the other guy who says that eight-year-olds have the right to choose what gender they can be or the guy who says he wants to shut down all private christian schools you know or the guy who says a baby's not a baby you know and we have a right to kill an unborn baby i mean well, the, that, now you have the right christian? to kill a born baby yeah, yeah yeah exactly you know that's your answer but i was telling john earlier one of the scriptures that come to my mind is uh if you have race with men on foot and they have tired you out then how can you compete with horses if you fall down in a land of peace where you feel secure then how will you do among the lions in the flooded thickets and that's uh jeremiah 12 5. yeah we just talked about that in a recent episode yeah, yeah. and you talk about intolerance you know that's part of the great deception that the party that preaches being tolerant is the most intolerant and that's part of the marxist communist deception we'll commit the crime but we'll blame the other guy and half the people will believe it you know no it's it's totally well it's the it's, it's the Saul Linsky you know and, and, and listen I don't want to be boastful there are people that just simply aren't built they're not capable to properly understand the information that we have been consistently giving you for almost two years yeah. all the way down from the Saul Linsky principles to the Cloward Piven strategy all the way down to when we called what was going to happen in episode 40 go back and listen because I still want to be on YouTube for at least a little bit. And the reality of it is, is that I feel the same about the leaders of the church as I do about the leaders of the political realm. And it's simply this. They haven't betrayed us. We have allowed them to. Allowed it. And John made a joke earlier about, you know, a man and a woman. You know, that was a pastor. Yeah. yeah a reverend. That was an ordained minister. You know what? I'm an ordained minister. So what does that say about me? You know, this is genuinely what it says. If you aren't good and mad and pissed off, you're not going to be at this point. It's like, well, I've been saying since almost episode one you know we you hear people say well i got my gun i'm ready to fight you know what you've not said one word you've not even showed up at a protest you've not emailed your congressman you've not emailed your senator you've not gone outside of the realm of your comfort zone to be a part of this experiment in self-governance that was called america you're not going to do anything they're going to come to your door they're going to knock on your door and you're going to go with them to the cattle car you need a firm dose of reality right now you need a 
a, a reality enema. Like, I hear what you say, Norm. John, you said, I read the book, we, you know, it's not the end, and it's not where we begin. It's the in-betweens. I keep thinking about that scene in Braveheart right before he's going to be drawn and quartered and tortured and then hung, and he's like, God, give me the strength. I guarantee you there are people that are walking side by side with us in our life right now that are going to sell you out in a heartbeat. And I'm telling you this, believe what you want. Well, there was a Judas and a 12, so I mean, it, it's... That's exactly that's, it. That's the 12 chosen by Christ himself. I mean, he obviously Christ knew it was going to happen. Right. That's probably why Judas was the one to sell him out. Maybe. God wanted us to be aware of the fact that... Well, listen, put your trust in God, because that's the only thing that we have right yeah. now. And I agree with ding, you, ding, ding, but yeah. here's the thing. I don't believe that God simply wants that from us, because he wouldn't give us this entire book if we weren't supposed to respond. Faith without works is dead. I can simply say here, well, yeah, I believe when I die, I'll go to heaven. Yeah. But you know what? I believe that our history we are occupying calls for people. Quite frankly, I know more people who aren't quote-unquote Christians or who aren't going to church, but are more in tune with Holy Spirit than most of the people that are in churches right now. Most of the church leadership, because quite frankly, we've been self-helped. We've been patted on the back for being complacent for so long. We've been lulled to sleep. To like the people you're talking about, Norm, these Christians that say, hey, you know, orange man bad, but we got pedo Joe here, and that's much better. Deception. I had a conversation the other day with somebody. I was bringing up the evidence about Chief Justice Robert being on Epstein Island, and I was talking about some of the things that go on in these places, and I said, you can back it up with the Bible. I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, they have statues of an owl, which is the god Moloch, and I say god with a little g, and you can read throughout the Old Testament that that's part of that ancient Babylonian religion that any time you hear Moloch mentioned in the Old Testament, it is always in conjunction with child sacrifice and the absolute corruption of innocence. Which, what do you see now? You go to Epstein Island, you have Moloch everywhere. But there are people that are sitting in the church that won't even believe that people could be demonically possessed. That's one of the things I think about when people talk about climate change. What about all the other catastrophic events that have happened in the history of the, the planet Earth? There weren't cars back in Noah's day. It wasn't carbon emissions that caused the Great Flood. No, it was they were sacrificing infants to Moloch. What's going on today in this country? 2,500 abortions every single day. The leading cause of death the last year, 43.2 million abortions. Abortions. Yeah, but people want to talk about gun control, where rifles kill 365 people a year compared to abortion or alcohol. Well, Norm, now you're talking data. They are bold as all. Oh, and now, what, they're unfettered evil. Evil has, and, and now we know the truth. We know that evil doesn't have full reign because we know that evil is subject to the power of God. But their reality is that there is no God. So to them, they feel like they've got free no, no, no. That's, to do whatever they want to do. You know, with all due respect. Challenge flag by William. They understand who they are and who they serve. The Luciferian spirit. Their God requires the corruption of innocence. God called for Christ to die for the pure, unblemished, sacrificial act of the crucifixion so that we could be pure. You know, where there is no blood, there can be no remission of sin. As you often say, I, what did you say? Herd, uh, time to, to herd the sheep back herd in. The I, I think we need to herd the, herd the cattle back in or we'll never finish this one but uh i i get it and i understand what you're saying and you're not wrong hey john that's weird that glass looks half full to me wow now that you mention it it is half full It's, it's unbridled, unfettered evil at this point in time, and we allowed it. I've had this conversation with my dad recently. I'm like, you know what? We are reaping what was sown by the church. I mean, I, I'm sorry. 
We allowed abortion to become legal. We allowed prayer to be taken out of school. I know I wasn't there, but if I'm part of a body, I am part of the Christ believers, not, not the church building, but the church. I am what Christ called me to be. It's a failure, and we have to suffer the consequences of that failure. We are reaping what we sowed, and I had hoped for a stay of execution for a few more years. Clearly, that's not what we're looking at right now, so it's time just to sack up. We need a healthy response to this, and we're going to get into David's response. Goliath laid down the gauntlet. He threw it out there. We're going to crush you under our feet. We're going to destroy you. It was open, unchecked venom that he was spewing forth. You're going to come serve us, and that is what the world is now telling us because there are no checks and balances because they now have control. The response that David had to Goliath, who was spewing his venom and basically telling them we're going to snuff you out is very relevant to how we should respond now. I'm going to let Sir Storm and Norman read the response. This is David's response to Goliath. David said, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Then David fastened his sword over his armor and tried to walk but he could not, because he was not used to them. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, because I am not used to them. So David took them off. Then he took his shepherd's staff in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones out of the stream bed and put them in his shepherd's bag, which he had, that is, in his shepherd's pouch. With his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with a shepherd's staff? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine also said to David, Come to me, and I will give you flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the corpses of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that this entire assembly may know that the Lord does not save with the sword or with the spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will hand you over to us. 1 Samuel 17. Amen. I absolutely love David's response, because that's the war cry. And honestly, that's the level of fierceness in this day and age that we need to have. And I, I know, frankly, because I, I can tell by the look on your face, Billy's like, I ain't seeing it. I don't see that level of fierceness. That level of fierceness doesn't exist anymore. Folks, I'm sorry for the few of us who are willing to stand until the end because there, I, I have read the book. I do know how it ends. Even though I know the number is going to become increasingly smaller and smaller, and even the people like Norm, you're talking about some family members that once believed a certain way, and now you just don't know them. You look at them like, I don't know you. I don't know who you are anymore. And that's the sad truth. There are going to be people that stood by our sides, the Judases or the, what, what are you called? The uh, Brutus. Brutus. Thank you. That's going to happen, and it's going to keep happening. People <laughs> who you depended on and counted on, I'm sorry, they're going to keep failing you. That's kind of the overall arching theme of what I'm talking about. Some men trust in chariots. Some men trust in their own strength. We cannot trust in anything else other than the name of the Lord. I like how he started off. David's response says, the Lord rescued me from the paw of the lion. He didn't say, you know, I got out my weapon and, and slayed the giant. He said the Lord rescued me because he knew that his strength solely came from the Lord. And that is the realization that we all need to have. We need to realize that it's not by our might, it's not by our 
our power, but it's by the Spirit of Christ that resides inside of us. That number is going to dwindle. It's, it's a fact. Biblically, we know the number is going to get smaller and smaller, and our angst will probably grow and grow. But that's the reality. And our mission is to not accept defeat, but we do need to accept the fact that this is our battle term. This is our battle cry. What we see around us cannot dictate our terms of how we approach the battle. Our mission is singular. We have the mission that the Lord has laid out to us. We need to attack our battle the same way, regardless of who fails. There's four of us in this room right now, and I think that we're all patriots. I, I do believe that we're all patriots. I think that we're willing to take a stand. But the reality is, one of us could falter. One of us could fail. We can't count on flesh and blood. We don't have that blessed assurance that we can count on flesh and blood. The strength of men, to quote Elrond, failed. The strength of men will continue to fail because there really ultimately comes no strength but that by which the Lord imparts into us. We have to rely on the strength of Christ. But we also have to have that level of tenacity. I think it's that level of outright tenacity is the only thing that will keep individually keep us on the right course. And there's not a lot of it, but that has to be the way we approach this. Get in the arena. It's about that level of fierceness. It's about that level of tenacity. It's about that level of getting rid of the distractions and focusing on the only true things that are important. Like in my mind, God has really imparted the spirit inside of me when I started growing up as a child. What was so important to me was, you know, reaping a harvest for, for Christ. I cared so much about the salvation of souls because in my mind, even as a child, I thought in terms of the good Lord can come back at any point in time. I'm trying to reap a, a harvest. The harvest is great. The laborers are few. And that is becoming more and more relevant in the days we want. But that needs to be the way that I approach this. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I need to try and do whatever I can to try and bring as many people along with me as I can. Ultimately, free will is what it is. So people are going to make their own decisions. But we have to have that level of tenacity. William's got some <clears throat> viewing. I was just thinking, you know, the portion of scripture says, you know, when Christ returns to the earth, will he find faith? And I genuinely don't know moving forward that there's anything people can do past what has already been done and said. We talk a lot about this end time scenario that we are now in. And the reality of it is, is that don't be deceived. There's a lot of really, really, really bad things. You know, in Revelation, when it talks about the angels opening the seven seals. There's like, yeah, gird yourselves up, folks. Here they come. There's multitudes of multitudes of people dying and and I just, I, I believe there's almost like this Harlequin romance in the church of the end times because of things like Left Behind or uh, these, you know, it's just like, we're going to go and whoosh, yeah. beam me up, Let, Jesus. Let's Disney-fy and the, the coming of our Lord and, and, and the rapture and the seven seals being unleashed and all hell breaking loose. Norm, go ahead. You have something you want to say. Well, I was just thinking about people or Christians that say, well, I can't justify a vote for Donald Trump because he doesn't talk nice. He's just not a nice man. Well, if nice is what you're looking for, then expect to be deceived because the Antichrist is going to appear to be extremely nice. You know, he's going to bring great deception. So, I mean, it's time the church needs to wake up. And one of the things, you know, in America, it's been real easy to be a Christian in my lifetime anyways, <laughs> or at least to say you're a Christian. And now it's not going to be so easy. It's so odd that, you know, we talk about the, the China virus and, and the coronavirus. We are literally turning into the China church, like the church, the real church who are, they're not afraid and they lay down their lives and they meet in secret meetings, that's our reality. I, I'm no. sorry. And very quickly, we are, like, if you want to be a believer, we're going to be gathering, you know, 
at, at our at, studio. At, yeah, we're McGrathen at our studio. This is now church. Guarantee you. There's no doubt in my mind that conventional church is going to be over real soon. It's, I mean, theoretically, it's already over. Hmm. It's just the sign, sealed, and delivered part. But seeing this, my people who are called by my name. However, we've answered in kind. Well, that's a. It's actually a really good segue into our next topic. Well, that brings us uh, to where are we now? In a natural sense, we like David face an insurmountable challenge. For one, our government has failed us. Political and civil unrest rioting in the streets. A bogus witch hunt by the left on Trump. The greatest election fraud in history. I mean, next, our common man has turned a blind eye, right? That's kind of where we're going with that. So friends, family, journalists, and reporters, if you want to call them that, that we once trusted have sold their liberty at a price way cheaper than 30 pieces. Our electoral system has been compromised. For I mean, there is no electoral system. Bill, you said it earlier. I said it to you the other day. I see zero point in ever voting again. It doesn't matter. That's what they've shown. Not to a donkey or an elephant at this point in time. Sorry, but it's a fact. Our faith in humanity has been tested and found wanting. I mean, where are we now? We're it's over, folks. Warning. Warning. I, I I mean it's over. Like Game I over, had this man. I had this conversation as soon as everything went down by Wednesday night, I think it was. I uh I called Bill or I texted Bill, I should say, and John, and just said, uh, what I say? I quit? Yeah. Something like that. And, there there were a lot of other you, you, expletives, yeah, but <laughs> Bill Bill is like five question marks, like you quit. What I, I can't exactly quit. I can't quit you, Billy. No, no, like I quit. And what I meant by that, and I had a long conversation with him the next day. I quit. I quit. <laughs> I quit, Mr. White. So I had a long conversation with him uh, the next day. And what I mean by I quit is there is. Um, we said this earlier today. We're not going to change anyone's minds. We've been sitting here doing this podcast, trying to get people to understand and get people in the arena. And if you're not there already, as I think John said earlier, you're not going to get there. There's no sense in begging people not to go down the path of evil. They're blinded by it. And they're blinded from it. And what I mean by that, again, the majority of people right now are like a bunch of frogs in a pot of water on the stove. And it's slowly being turned up. They are fat and happy and think the world's good. And by time they feel the heat, it's too late. You know, there's no use in us trying to get those frogs out of the pot anymore. We've tried and tried and tried. And you laugh and say anything you want. We'll see what you're saying six months from now. Or not saying because you're not going to have the chance to. The reality is this, folks. We're getting exactly what we deserve. Bill, you kind of jokingly said a couple moments ago, game over, man, you know. Game over, bro. But you know what? And this may sound completely weird. I'm kind of excited. And I know that sounds weird, but I mean, it's not game over. It's game on. You know what I mean? In my opinion. And I know you're right. I get it. Like, completely frustrated and baffled. And, you know, John asked me earlier, like, what do you think about this definition of tolerance? It's surface level deception. I mean, there are people in the church now who are confusing love with tolerance. We are not called to tolerate sin. You know, we're called to love people, but they're mashing the the two together to me that's obvious deception stop it that's what we're dealing with but i'm gonna i got some some help some for all of you who are freedom fighters and who still believe in things in the bible in matthew 7 15 through 20 it talks about the fruits of the spirit and you will know them by their fruits if you want to know because that's the most richest comment i got was from somebody who says oh you'll know eventually that you're on the wrong side of history and i'm like Huh, okay. But anyway, if folks, for all of you who need to understand whether you're on the right side of history, if you're trying to determine whether you're that, there's the verses. I'm going to state them for you. From Matthew 7, 15 through 20, Beware of the false prophets, teachers, who come to you dressed as sheep, appearing gentle and innocent, but 
inwardly are ravenous wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. That is, by their contrived doctrine and self-focus. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the unhealthy tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruit, you will recognize them as false prophets. In Galatians 5.22, it states this, But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. When we're talking to people, how do we interact with people should be, in essence, like I referenced, trying to bring as many souls with me. When you look at the actions of the intolerant uh, few, or majority, the, the outspoken minority, if in my opinion, but they got control. Uh, we'll leave that for another podcast. But how is their response? They use words like round them up put them on a list. So folks, if you want to know if you're on the right side of history, use the fruits of the Spirit as your identifier. How do you react? When I'm talking to somebody that I don't agree with, I'm trying to do my best, and we've been doing this a flogcast. We've spent over a year now, flogcast after flogcast, trying to push and motivate people towards truth, because you love them. I know a flood is coming. We have a way out of this flood. There is an ark. And I know at this point in time, you're like, well, you know, screw that. That didn't work. But it's our mission. That's what God expects out of God has called us to be and, and frankly, God's, our singular mission hasn't changed. God wants us to share his truth, whether they're going to listen to it or not. Now, there is a point, obviously, where he talks about casting pearls before swine. So obviously there, there is that. But how we've reacted to people, we have tried to motivate people. We get attacked on, hmm. on all the time. And I know we make jokingly songs about it. But honestly, if you examine our heart, I love my enemy because God expects us to love our enemies. And I love, and Jesus sat on a cross when they were murdering and killing him. But that's what God expects out of us. That is what God I shouldn't say expects. That's what he requires out of us. If we want to call ourselves Christians, there is a requirement. We are required to love our enemies. Though they may kill me, though they may slay me, I am, my mission is to love them. If the other, not, I'm not going to say the left, because we're trying to get rid of that, because I guess that really isn't part of our dictionary anymore. If someone is not operating by the fruits of the Spirit, they are operating by the fruit of the devil. Well, you guys may have talked about this before, but First Timothy 4, 1 and 2, but the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in latter times, someone turn away from the faith, giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach through the hypocrisy and pretensions of liars whose consciences are seared. That's why I brought you here. I thought it was because of your good looks, but it was because of your keen intellect. I'm going to go ahead. We're uh, getting down to that part. I'm, I wrote a little thing called My Thoughts, because they are my thoughts. I'm going to read through that. Before all the noise that has consumed us this past year, we as Christians knew that this world is only a temporary holding place. Abraham's bosom, if you will. Our mission as children of a sovereign Lord is to make decisions and commit actions that will echo into eternity. To plot a course and set our face like a flint towards redemption, which you mentioned that earlier, setting your face like a flint and moving forward. Our actions are reliant first and foremost by our faith. Faith, as stated in the Bible, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. We talked about the need as flawed folks that at this time in the game, we need to focus more on reinforcing our lines and strengthening the resolve of the believers. My plea to whomever will listen is that we need to be steadfast in the faith and batten down the hatches. A storm is quickly approaching that would level a lesser individual. This impending doomsday scenario is biblical and factual. It's never been a question of if, but rather when. Well, the time is now and the responsibility falls to us. The brave men guarding the hot gate from the movie 300, if you will. Ladies and gentlemen, I implore you to this end. Know that your deliverance is at hand and it will not come from Washington, D.C. It will not come from our military might 
or our vast supply of arms and munitions coupled with our superior intellect. No, my friends, the only way to survive this judgment day is by calling upon the name of the Lord. We are setting sail for uncharted waters with our faith as our rudder and our hope in the Almighty as our sails. We don't know the course that lies before us, but find comfort knowing that our destination is well in sight and our deliverance is surely at hand. Some men trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord. To me, that sums it up. Hey, John, that's weird. That glass looks half full to me. Wow. Now that you mention it, it is half full. I mean, that that's what this is all about. You're talking about fear, but you said you're looking for there's There's some level of optimism towards what's coming. And I get that because most of my glass half fulls, if you take the time to get down to that part of our podcast, I know it's at the end, so some of you may be faint at heart and tune out by then. But that's typically all I have. And particularly when we have particularly angsty flodcasts that we're going over, there's a lot of times where Bill will say closing thoughts, and I'm like, well, I know how the Bible ends. That's my comfort. To your point earlier, Norm, there is a strange, for as much fear as I might have in this earthly sense, I know that there's not a single person on this earth that controls my destiny. So there's my comfort. I don't have to rely on the strength of men, which I know time and time again have failed me and will continue to fail me. There will continue to be Judases. There will continue to be people who will stab you in the back. So I don't have comfort and peace by what happens on this earth, although I still have a mission to do my part. Like Nehemiah building the wall. I'm building the wall with one hand, but I got my shotgun in the other. Strength barrel. Comfort, just need two shots. Just need you two only shots. need two shots. Just fire two shots in the air. I need a whole lot more than that really soon, but uh, my comfort knows that my creator holds my destiny and is way beyond the realms of just this fleshly dwelling that I call Earth. Jason, to close us out, I thought some song lyrics, Oceans by Hillsong, that I thought were very relevant to what we need to have here. More God, baby. More God. Oceans by Hillsong. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand. And I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves when oceans rise. My soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours and you are mine. Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed and you won't start now. So I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves when oceans rise. My soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours and you are mine. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters. Wherever you would call me, take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. My God. I like that inflection there. All right. Sent from my iPhone. Thumb oh, thing. sorry. That was not part of the song. I find those lyrics to be very relevant to how we need to be at this point in time. I mean, it's clearly that's what we can trust in. We can hope in that our, we're in a love story with Christ and we're getting closer to the resolution. Storm and Norman, any closing thoughts from you? I was just thinking about that old Saturday Night Live thing. It's a deep thoughts by Jack. Jack Handy. I think we've pretty much said it all. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been great. I hope I get I've always wanted to have you. I hate the way you're looking at me right now. I'm, I'm glad we got to have you today. I love it. I'm lying. This is how I like to wake up in the morning, have Stormy Norman on my chair. We should do this every day. Booyah. Any closing thoughts? I do have closing thoughts. Bring it. More God. More bullets and more God. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. Uh, No. More God sums it up. We need a whole lot more of God and a whole lot less of us. This would be Willie's thoughts right now. Not really biblical, but... I hate you all so much! I was thinking about the soul-sucking siege one that you play. Well, folks, Twitter sucks. We're not on there anymore. Parlor, Gab, Flood, you know. You can find us everywhere that you can find podcasts for right now, but uh, check out Rumble. We're about to rumble! Rumble, be tuna. Rumble, be rumble. 
Ding, 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 ding. Oh, right. winner, winner. All right. Well, that being said, thank you for listening. Uh, please subscribe. Please follow. Please share. We are probably going to be migrating to Rumble with a video part very soon. Sorry, it's a we are on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Flawedcast, Flawedcast, CLE, Flawed Inc. Our website's flawedinc.com. Check out my daily vlog. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, good luck with everything.